Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to They Might Be Mariners, Lookout Landing's Prospects-Focused Podcast. I am your co-host, John Troopin, uh, joined today by Kate Prusser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing, and Joe Doyle, Staff Writer for Lookout Landing. And we have something very fun lined up for you guys Uh we are very excited to bring you the first ever Lookout Landing uh, podcast mock draft. Uh, Kate, Joe, uh, how are you guys feeling about your clubs uh, heading into the in, into draft day today? Uh, well, I got the first pick in the draft. I felt better about my club. <laughs> I love that. I love that su- significant enthusiasm to, to bring out the gate here. Uh, Kate, Kate, how are you feeling? Things are going to line up for you today on the. We did we did flip flop around a lot, so I wasn't jamming any particular club. But I will say that as the chips fell, I had a lot of the Milwaukee Brewers picks. Mm-hmm. I think all of them. So a I'm team with a lot that, of needs uh, the in their bro- farm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Actually, both easy and hard to pick yeah. for because you're what to buy when you need. <laughs> um, 
Do we stay but dry? I'm, and I or made start? I made a I made a couple risky <laughs> picks, so I'm hoping that the Brew Crew fans will be happy Absolutely. with me. So for for everyone listening, we're, we'll launch right into this. Um, but we we went with the classic serpentine style. Uh, so um, we Joe has the first pick, followed by Kate, uh, and then myself, and then I will take the fourth pick. Uh, Kate takes five, Joe takes six, and so on. Uh, and we. Uh, are very excited to uh, to go through this draft for you. Um, MLB will be having their official draft um, less than a month from now, June 10th and 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we're, we're very much looking forward to it. So to help familiarize everyone with the, the prospects and how, how that might shake out, uh, without further ado, Joe, you're on the clock. All right, so with the first pick in the draft, it was between Spencer Torkelson and Austin Martin for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Detroit elects to go with Spencer Torkelson, first baseman out of Arizona State. Um, I would argue that Austin Martin probably has the higher ceiling than Torkelson because of the versatility and positions that he can play, but Tork represents one of the safest picks, the highest floors um, in recent history in the draft. At worst, he's probably a, a, an above average hitter with above average power at best you might be looking at uh, a plus 300 hitter who connects with you know 35 or, or 40 home runs he's a good athlete he, he kind of has some similarities to Paul Goldschmidt when Paul Goldschmidt broke into the league um, he has the ability to play third he could be moved to the outfield but uh, we're going to keep him at first base put the money in the bank take what we have and run um and, you know, one other thing that we took into consideration when drafting Torkelson was we have had a difficult time developing position players bouncing around uh, from different position to different position. So this is a plug-and-play pick, and we're excited uh, to have Torkelson join the organization. Yeah, the heir apparent to Miguel Cabrera, potentially. Indeed. No pressure. <laughs> um, well, that puts Kate Prusser. With the Baltimore Orioles yes. up, on, up next, mm. Kate. It always seems that I wind up involved with Baltimore in some way. <laughs> Baseball prospectus only lets me write about the Orioles. You did too well on it. It's like you, you should. You got to do the it, thing. No, I think it's just like uh, you know, it's like giving a child safety scissors or something. <laughs> uh, here, safety scissors and a and a box of like wood chips. Like here, you can't fuck this up too badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Baltimore, uh, obviously with Torque off the board, which is also what I would have done if I were Detroit, um, who just don't have much power in their system anywhere. Uh, obviously Austin Martin is the, the next pick. He happens to fit pretty well for Baltimore too. Um, they have Gunnar Henderson, who's a prep shortstop prospect, um, who is looking good in his first year or so of professional baseball, but is, you know, obviously he's a, he's a prep pick. There's a pretty high risk factor there. So Martin represents kind of a safe floor, but also a big upside to go along with him. So I think the Orioles fans, if this was the pick would be thrilled to have um, what some people regard as the number one overall pick in the draft in their org. Yeah. I, I like Martin there. Um, I, I think it's an interesting split because uh, 
this this draft is so well regarded and you have two very talented position players up at the top but there's not necessarily that one guy like last year with Adley Rutschman so it's interesting seeing how you guys broke that uh broke those two down uh I think it's closer it looks closer this year because last year it was Rutschman and DeWitt right uh yeah Bobby Witt Jr right it was Witt Jr yeah why do I always call him DeWitt anyway he uh so there you're looking at like two different timelines or two so you can as an organization mm-hmm. kind of obviously you want to take the player that you feel is the best fit and represents the most promise but also you are looking at two different kind of demographics in that so with the royals and their love of prep prospects uh sorry john i might be setting you up a little um that i think <laughs> that that made that pick pretty nice for them but Rutschman, I mean, Rutschman also playing a premium position. It's just so hard to find someone who is as good That's as him. True. Right. Um, hey, you got to be a special bat at first base to go 1-1. And I think yeah. I think Torkelson is, is meeting that characteristic. That's fair enough. So at the third overall pick, we do have the Miami Marlins. Um, Miami sort of in rebuild mode perpetually. But uh, hoping to line things up and actually has a pretty impressive farm system right now. Uh, they're going to take left-handed pitcher uh, Asa Lacey, uh, the Texas A&M ace. Um, I think he is the most impressor, impressive pitcher in the draft, period. Um, I could see uh, them going for... Uh, a couple other guys, but it, it's just too hard to pass up a lefty uh, who has power, uh, really sort of impressive off-speed, and, and just dominant results. Um, he looks easy. Uh, he looks exactly like a pitcher. And uh, for Miami, who has actually had reasonable success in developing pitchers in their system, um, I think he slots right in on their timeline with uh, a number of guys who should be de- able to debut reasonably soon. Um, I-, I can't see him having too much trouble moving through the low minors so long as he stays healthy. Um, following the Marlins, we have the Kansas City Royals, who, as Kate alluded to, uh, have a pretty rich history of taking prep talents. Uh, They've had the same scouting director in charge uh, for 14 years, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this will be another such opportunity. Uh, I think they go with outfielder Zach Veen, who is, uh, for some, the top high school uh, player in the draft. Uh, Certainly for me, he's out of Florida, just has the classic modern power lefty swing um six four six five good speed could maybe even be a center fielder though even if he's a corner outfielder i think there's enough just power in the swing uh and bat speed to not be a massive swing and miss issue uh you know obviously it's a high schooler who's 18 you know uh that's not a sure bet by any means but the the royals are not a team that puts a lot of money into their payroll and and if they're going to contend by doing that they have to develop their own stars uh and they should go for the biggest star potential uh arguably in the draft with veen 
Well, that upsets the apple cart for Toronto, who apparently are very interested in Zach Veen. So Aren't we all? once we're done yeah. being once we're done being Canadian mad at uh, <laughs> Kansas City, uh, Toronto takes right hand pitcher Emerson Hancock, who is the last of kind of the well, no, because you injected Zach Veen into it. So we've had like a top five for months that's been Torkelson, Martin, Lacey, Hancock, and then Nick Gonzalez, who you'll hear about in a little bit. Um, Veen has been climbing up draft boards, so this this does upset what has been seen as something that was kind of expected for months. Um, I'm still not sure that sold on this being the way that this shakes out, but if Veen happens to be there at five, I think there's a good chance Toronto takes him because their outfield sucks. <laughs> um, but they'll be pretty happy with Hancock, who I personally prefer to Lacey um, because he has way better command. I watched him a few times in this shortened season at Georgia and was just super impressed every time. He's got big stuff and he can command it. He is polished and he will be very unpleasant for the Mariners to have to face a few times a year. All right. Well, that brings us to the sixth pick in the draft, where a majority of our audience is probably tuning in. Uh, with the sixth pick, uh, the Seattle Mariners are going to go with New Mexico State middle infielder Nick Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez has maybe a second to Torkelson, uh, one of the one of the best hit tools in the draft. Uh He's going to be a 60-grade-plus hitter. Uh, right now, he's got average, maybe solid average, 55-grade power. Um, at that, That's kind of where the plus tools end. He's a fringe average defender. He's got a fringe average arm. He's definitely going to be a second baseman. I don't think he um, plays his pro ball at shortstop. Just some holes in his mechanics there. Um, but Gonzalez represents a position of need for the Mariners, and it just so happens that he's one of the top two or three players, uh, top two or three best players left on the board. So um, I think there's some comparisons with Gonzalez to 2018 first-round pick Keston Hira. Um, I think there's some similarities in his wrist and forearm quick twitch strength as Gene Segura. Um, but I have a I have a Ricky Weeks Jr. Uh, comp on him as far as his ability to hit for power, his ability to stay at second base and play a an average defense enough to get by so um that's where seattle goes with the sixth pick and i think a lot of people will be happy that one of the top five dropped into seattle's lap now importantly this would be sort of brewers era ricky weeks jr not Indeed. the uh ricky weeks jr yeah because when joe said that the first time i might have punched my computer <laughs> no this is not left fielder ricky weeks this is uh, yeah this is second baseman <laughs> mash dog Ricky Weeks. Yeah. Uh, 2005, MVP Baseball 2005, top prospect, uh, Ricky Weeks, for, for mm-hmm. anyone who, who distinctly remembers him as that. Um, okay, well, that brings us over to uh, Joe once again uh, mm-hmm. at the number seven spot. Joe, who, who are the Pittsburgh Pirates taking? So with the seventh pick, the Pittsburgh Pirates are passing on local outfield prospect Austin Hendrick and going with starting pitcher Mick Abel out of Oregon Jesuit High School. Um, I think Mick Abel has legitimate uh, ace stuff. If there was a 
starting pitcher, a prep starting pitcher uh, in this year's draft that has just absolute ace potential. I think Mick Abel is is going to be the guy. He has very clean mechanics. Um, he has a four-pitch mix already. He's already touching the upper 90s, which makes me believe that there's going to be a, an easy mid-90s uh, profile there. Fastball has a lot of tail and sink. Uh, he's already got above-average offerings with the slider and the changeup and a fringe-average curveball that's uh, still being developed. But he's just he's got the entire arsenal. Um, he reminds me, actually, of former Pirates, lanky, skinny, tall starting pitcher Chris Benson from the early knots, early aughts, 2000s. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he's going to be the second coming there. He's going to be their ace in, in 2024. And I just think there's some mechanical things in Austin Hendricks swing that is going to end up pushing him away from away from the pirates. So before we get to the, to the next pick, which, which may have a little bit of, of foretelling there, I do want to ask, especially given that description of Abel, who, who I think you're, you're obviously quite high on. So what for you sets Gonzalez, uh, you know, as, as someone who I think you described as like great hit tool, good power. What what makes you more comfortable taking him there uh, than someone like Abel or or some of the preps that are that are down below? Because uh, you know I think it's easy to think, oh, second baseman, reason you know, reasonably good hitter. Like what what I what is encouraging about that, that that might set him above some of the maybe more volatile prospects below <clears throat> i think there's a lot of things that just line up in favor of, of nick gonzalez instead of instead of abel i'll be the first to say i think mick abel has a higher ceiling of, of stardom than mm. nick gonzalez does but gonzalez mick abel would be my second selection for seattle right behind gonzalez but gonzalez he lines up better with the rebuild he should be able to make his debut in 2022 or 2023 right in that competitive window he he meets a position of need and just in general high school arms as high as i am on mick abel they are fragile they fizzle out Uh, sometimes they just they don't pan out for a number of different reasons because they're so young so I think there's safety in Nick Gonzalez. There's upside in Nick Gonzalez, and he just meets some of the extracurricular intangibles, if you will, that this Depoto regime is probably looking for at this point in their organizational rebuild. Fair enough. All right, Kate, you got the Padres. Tell me where they're going at number eight. If Mick Abel is Pittsburgh's choice, which I I just don't feel like it will be for a variety of reasons. Um, and Austin Hendrick winds up in San Diego's lap. They love a prep prospect. They are kind of outfield poor, even though they have such a good farm system. And I think that they will take him and not look back. I think that's fair. I, he's uh, It's interesting how he and Veen have sort of jockeyed for position and, right. and sort of uh, favoritism there um so i i like him i like him to san diego there even though uh it, i think it would make for a good uh fit with uh pittsburgh i think veen gets a little bit of an edge because he has been maybe on scouts radars longer he's a warm weather kid versus hendrick who's coming out of like 
literally crawling out of the side of a mountain in Pennsylvania <laughs> somewhere. So. That's fair. Um, well, folks, uh, speaking of heading to the mountains, um, at number nine with the Colorado Rockies on the clock, uh, they're going to stick with a West Coast kid uh, going with UCLA's Garrett Mitchell. Um, sort of an outfielder with uh, a lot of disparate opinions on him, certainly. But I, I think he's the the right fit for the Rockies. Uh, arguably one of the toolsiest players in the draft, which isn't usually the case for a college guy. But Mitchell can easily be a center fielder long term. He's got uh, plenty of arm strength, plenty of uh, hit skill. Um, he has performed quite well in the in the Pac-12. The the real knock on him is simply that his power, which has shown in practice uh, and in uh, batting practice, has not manifested in games as home run power, and that's mostly swing based. Uh, it, it's sort of a, a punchy swing, uh, and. Uh, unfortunately, that that does not. It's more of a jab, I suppose, than an uppercut. Uh, yeah, somebody taught him like to put it, pound it, and run mm-hmm. it. Whatever, like ground it and pound whatever. Somebody told him let your speed do the talking at an early age, and I don't think he grew out of that. Yeah, I think he's trying, but yes, yeah, he's a yeah, project. He's, he's a, aware. He's a little bit more of a project than you expect mm-hmm. an, a college outfielder from a Rockies, program like UCLA. Rockies fans are going to be thrilled that they finally have a legitimate center fielder. Yeah, Desmond. I love this choice. <clears throat> I love the idea of Garrett Mitchell in Colorado. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he, he honestly can sort of be what, uh, you know, there was hope that David Dahl might be. Um, you know, not that David Dahl's sort of a finished product entirely himself but um i think mitchell has a little more athleticism um and can can absolutely fit that spot out in center field with that all that all that grass uh available um and plenty of air he can get under the ball if he can work that swing just a bit uh going to 10 in in the al west we have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, and not a team typically concerned about durability in their pitchers. Uh, <laughs> they, or at least not concerned okay. by durability questions. Perhaps they should be. Uh, I, I imagine they are concerned about the durability, but ah, they're not what? shied away from players with concerns about said durability uh they'll go with minnesota right-handed pitcher max meyer uh he's a short stack with great power uh you know this is a really kind of a fun draft where the the guys who have the uh sort of standout tools don't necessarily come in the packages that are that are normally expected uh meyer really just has has a great fastball slider combo um and he I, I, having seen the Angels take Griffin Canning, um, another smaller pitcher with, um, I would say, more severe actual injury concerns as opposed to Myers, which are more specifically just about his size, uh, and and seen Canning shoot right up to the big leagues last year, uh, I think Meyer has a similar track ahead of him, uh, and 
for a team that's very much concerned with maximizing their contention right now while Mike Trout still has uh, functioning everything. Uh, I think Meyer both fits their uh, uh, fits what they are looking for, organizational philosophy, uh, and, and uh, happens to fill an area of need as well. Yeah, a lot of upside there. Good value at 10. Yeah, absolutely. He's someone who, quite honestly, I would not be upset with the Mariners taking at six. I, I think depending on how the draft shakes out, if the draft shakes out as it does right here, I think I would want them to take Gonzalez as you did, but um, would not be upset with Meyer at all. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think that feels likely yeah. to me. It's almost too much to hope for for Gonzalez, so I'd yeah. be pretty happy with um, At 11... Kate with the Chicago White Sox. Uh. Yeah, I'm going to be honest and say that um, absent scouting data or club preferences, I know that teams don't draft for need, but that weighed really heavily in my decision making because otherwise how to pick these guys like they're all good. So um, I was looking at the White Sox. They have a group of prospects poised to make an impact at the big league level. Um, so I gave them a fast-moving college arm in left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers. One thing that the White, the White Sox are pretty balanced in their crew that's coming up, but they could use some more pitchers, especially because uh, Kopech had, you know, there's there's been some inconsistencies in their pitching. Let's put that yeah. nicely. Uh, and Kopech is a little bit, I think, still of a... Injury risk, he's not a rock-solid thing. Detmers, I don't think, is particularly exciting, but he's very safe. And he has the best curveball in the draft, I think. So uh, send Reed Detmers off to them. He immediately becomes their best lift lefty pitching prospect, and maybe once Kopech graduates, their best pitching prospect overall. All right. Well, with the... 12th pick in the draft the Cincinnati Reds are going to go and take the top catching prospect in the crop with Patrick Bailey out of I believe NC State um, he's definitely the best catching prospect uh, in this year's draft he, he's got a pretty safe floor with uh, the bat that he has I'm a little weary about value in catchers with the changes that might be coming to the game of baseball in the next you know few years as far as framing goes and calling a game so uh, we'll see how that shakes out but Patrick Bailey he's got the plus hit tool he's got above average power and he's got a long long track record three plus years of performing uh, against elite competition so I have no doubts about the bat whatsoever um, more than enough arm to handle the position the Reds do have Tyler Stevenson that will likely be catching in Cincinnati in 2020 there's not a lot behind him, um, and Bailey represents a, a, not only a strong insurance policy, but with someone like Joey Votto that is starting to age a little bit, and uh, he may be out of the Reds organization in the next two, three, four years, I think uh, a solid bat like Bailey will force his way into the lineup, especially if the National League employs a permanent DH, which seems like uh, that is the track that we are currently on. So, uh High ceiling, uh, safe floor. That's what the draft is all about, and I think the Reds get a good one here. I like that. Though. That's uh, <clears throat> you know not not necessarily um, the 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 same uh, caliber of player as the first catcher of last year's draft, but but one of 
several very interesting catchers in this year's draft. And I, I like Bailey a lot. I like that pick. Uh, yeah. And, you know, catch it, premium catchers are difficult to come by. Mm-hmm. You can count them on one hand in the big leagues. And if you can mm-hmm. get a hold of one, um, they're, they're definitely a good investment. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, with the 13th pick, I had some uh, positive disassociation from the organization with this pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 13th pick, the San Francisco Giants, I went with outfielder Heston Kierstad out of Arkansas. Uh, Kierstad, in my opinion, is probably the best bat that not a lot of people are talking about, and it would not surprise me in the least if he snuck into the top 10. Um, well above average hitter. He already projects to have plus power. Um the track record speaks for itself at Arkansas. He's always been a, a plus 300 hitter um, and hit plenty of home runs, lots of slugging um, in a tough park to play at as well. So I think his, uh, I think his resume kind of speaks for itself. He was coming out of the gates hotter than ever uh, this season when the season got cut short. And um, so I think he's going to be a nice value here. He could have snuck easily into the top 10 with a little bit more time. Uh, Adding him to the Giants organization, you are now adding Kierstad to Hunter Bishop, who was almost the exact same player last year, the exact same trajectory, um, meteoric ray, uh, rise heading into the draft. Uh, so you had got those two guys in the corners, and then Elio Ramos uh, will be the center fielder. And those all three of those guys could arrive by 2022, 2023. So uh, suddenly, you know, after not having a, a spectacular or plus outfield in some time san francisco's got three guys as well as shortstop marco luciano um they've got the makings of a really good lineup um and joey Joey bart Bart as well so i'll be honest i did think that i was picking for the texas rangers here i would have picked garrett crochet (laughs) because they have absolutely no pitching in san francisco but you can't argue you can't argue with ramos i mean or excuse me you can't argue with uh with Kierstad, I think he's going to be a great hitter. I think he's another safe, polished hitter that will uh, hit some balls into McCovey Cove. Well, who who might? Uh, well, I suppose the, the at number fourteen, it's not like the Rangers are matching up with the Giants all that often, but uh, maybe a little World Series rematch could uh, could the the Rangers pick keep it keep Heston Kierstad in the yard on occasion. Uh, yeah, well, I when I when we did our own personal drafts, I have this player going to the Giants, where I think he's a good pick. But and I don't know that he's as solid a fit for Texas because they are pretty arm heavy and especially extremely volatile arms. Hello, Hans Kroos. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, your fifty million pitchers who all are having mm-hmm. TJ. Um, but I do not think. I mean, you do not put a, a hamburger on a plate and expect the hamburger not to pick it, and you do not have <laughs> big body Jared I'm Kelly. He just keeps picking the <laughs> burger. <laughs> you just keep pick the burger. Uh, you do not put a big body Texan like Jared Kelly in front of the Rangers at pick fourteen and not have them take him. He's such a large lad. Um, I'm high on Kelly. I really mm. like him, and I tried to figure out ways that uh, I could have picked him earlier. Um, the White Sox, probably not. So, 
And I think he's like a back end of the top 10. I would have would be surprised to see him go to 14. He's more solid, I think, than your typical collegiate or your typical prep prospect. Um, because he's been on the circuit for a while, he is so big. He's very durable, very clean arm action, really smart, knows how to pitch. I mean, yeah, it's a high-risk demographic, but I feel very safe in saying that Jared Kelly, I think, is going to be really good. I hated giving him to Texas. I do not want to have to face him, but man, this would be a super popular pick, too. Referio, Texas, is down near... It's down on the on the water, so it's like four or five hours just straight down I-35 from Arlington. So uh, the Rangers fans would be thrilled to have him, and I would be um, punching a wall somewhere. Yeah. I, I like Kelly a lot. I, I think that makes a, a good good amount of sense right there. Um, at 15, halfway through the, well, a little over halfway through the first round. Sorry about it, Astros. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Not sorry. The we can say that for the second round, too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, and we anyway. will. Um, the Phillies are going to dip in uh, and grab uh, outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, prep out of uh, Harvard Westlake in uh, Harvard Westlake High School, I should say, in California. Um, he's just had a little bit of a slip uh, from mm, about you know early fall, where he was looked at as maybe a first overall pick contender. Uh, certainly, he's he hasn't blown everyone away, but. It's also sort of the the nature of these things that um, other guys rise up with with more exposure and and uh, PCA has a really sort of versatile um, approach. He, he's he's got the ability to play all over the outfield. Um, his power isn't overwhelming, um, but he 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 has a less physically uh, impressive sort of uh, circumstance. Uh, uh, not quite, uh, I would say, uh, Jared Kelnick, but um, he, he reminds me of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, pick from uh, 2019, whose name I am completely blanking on. Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll. He reminds me of Corbin Carroll, um, who who had a similarly uh, sort of above average, average or better uh, profile all over the place, um, and. I, I think Armstrong uh, could fit quite well for the Phillies who, who really are, are short on uh, much talent beyond a few guys at the top in their system. I think I also put Armstrong to the Phillies in our individual drafts, and I chuckled out loud thinking to myself about Bryce Harper, who was already sort of limited in the outfield, Pete Crow Armstrong has incredible range, and Pete Crow Armstrong just covering like seventy five percent of the outfield at Citizens yeah. Bank. Yeah, <laughs> we're just running circles around a Bryce Harper statue. It gives me yeah. Pleasure. I think that's that is very significantly uh, you know sort of part of the appeal. I mean, obviously it's it's hard to imagine you know 
Arm, Crow Armstrong making it there too rapidly, but you know if there's anyone you can expect will be there when a high schooler you draft is there, it's the guy you just signed to a 12-year contract. Um, so, or so, <laughs> right. uh, certainly, I think I think he makes sense for them, and especially as a as a team that's had a couple uh, center field type players not develop uh, at the rate they were hoping. Uh, Mickey Moniak obviously is most notable and is still kicking around, but um, I think Crow Armstrong might give them another shot, shot at redemption, as it were. Um, Moving on to the 16th pick, we've got the Chicago Cubs on tap, and they are going to feast upon the mistakes. (laughs) Not mistakes, the mistakes, the choices uh, of, of those who came prior. They're going to take... Left-handed pitcher Garrett Crochet. I'm gonna uh, lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry about your rich. At least you'll get the rich severance package that oh, LL offers. How I have failed <laughs> you. Uh, no, but the uh, the Cubs are not uh, in a dissimilar situation to the Giants. Obviously, they have a better big league club, but uh, sort of a lot expended right now and kind of stuck in the middle in a sense. Um, They are not in a great way in particular when it comes to pitching depth, uh, and they could really use someone like Crochet uh, who has a great chance of making the bigs as a starter. A little bit of funk in his delivery, but um, definitely uh, excellent power, especially from the left side. I mean, gets in the mid nineties um, and has both a nice uh, changeup and slider. So as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, some of the best stuff in the draft, especially from a lefty. Uh, I don't think that the Cubs will pass that up. Kate. Comes up next All right. with the Bosox. On to my turn, and and I yes, I am the the scouting director for the slash GM for the Boston Red Sox, which feels like a job I could maybe actually have. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't feel like I could have a lot of these, but I feel like Boston might look at my resume and be like, oh, all right, I'm gonna try. Um, so the Red Sox are limited. They already, this is a tough draft, right? For all the teams, because all your picks have to do extra work because you only get so many of them. So you have to maximize the picks, which sucks if you're the Astros and you don't have any in the first two rounds, at least, uh, sucks also somewhat for Boston who does not have a second round pick. So I looked at, do they want to go lower-cost conservative college signings, or do they want to make one big splashy pick? Reader, you'll never guess what I chose. Um, They're going to splash, I said. (laughs) Who knows? Probably in real life they'll do something boring. But in my hypothetical, I have them going big, swinging for the fences, and taking Nick Bitsko, a right-handed pitcher, out of Pennsylvania. Again, Central Bucks, which... um, very nice area. Um, Bitsko reclassified to be part of this class. He is a monster. He's six foot four, like 220, and yet still has projection left. Uh, so he's a nice blend of like can do stuff now, but also looks to be able to do even more in the future. Uh, Mid 90s fastball. 
um, and then a hard breaking ball and a developing changeup, which is kind of, that's the description of every prep pitcher ever. They have a good fastball. They probably have a curveball, and then they're working on a changeup. <laughs> We're all um, just working on our changeups. So We're all working on our changeup. New site motto. <laughs> Quarantine 2020. Um, so, yes, I have been, actually. I could probably learn a, a change-up while I'm in quarantine. Um, I think he's a lot of fun. Again, Pennsylvania Central Bucks. I will tell you, they're not Phillies fans out there. They are Red Sox and Yankees fans because they're the suburbs, and they ignore Philadelphia. Um, so he's he's an East Coast kid already. There's, there's some bitterness in this, if you haven't gotten... There's a big rivalry uh-huh. between, like, the, the Philadelphia city limits proper and the fancy schmancy suburbs um but anyway yes see boston will use their considerable franchise lore to reel in nick bitsko and um hopefully be able to develop him he's a he's a good value there a lot of people think he's a top 10 talent and uh he reclassified and never got to show off you know how he's developed this season so boston might be getting a steal at 17 to be totally honest yeah well, I mean, why not? Why not roll the dice and go big, right? When you, well, yeah. are, have a limit. And you're only paying a anyway. hundred thousand dollars for him up front. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, with the 18th pick, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who love to go prep heavy in the first couple of rounds, go with shortstop Ed Howard out of Illinois. Um, he's probably the best prep middle infield prospect in this year's draft and I don't think it's particularly close uh he's really clean he's really smooth um he's a near lock to stick at shortstop really soft hands fluid motions at the position great arm um more than enough arm for the position the bat is still a bit of a work in progress but there's a ton of projection in his frame he's got broad shoulders long legs um he should be able to um develop that into at least an average hit tool um and maybe fringe average power honestly there's a lot of tim anderson um in the way that he's built and so uh, you might see a similar track there but you know after taking corbin carroll and and some uh, some other preps last year uh, they're really going to double down in arizona and continue to build out the lower levels of their farm system so good pick and with the 19th pick... Did you just tell yourself good pick for the pick yeah. that you made? <laughs> Here's, the thing. Here's the thing, Kate. When you pick players for different organizations, sometimes you need your own, like, pick-me-up. Because I was picking for the Rangers, and I chose someone for the Giants. So positive <laughs> well, it, affirmation it, it, goes it also, a long ways. It was at the end of the Arizona segment, so it could have been the, the Mets person coming in and just saying, oh, good pick. That's right. All right. That's right. In the back of my head, my mom is just saying, good job, honey. You did it right. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm regretting not insisting that we all try for an accent based on the locale just to really differentiate it here. Now. No way, man. I got the Mets next. We're not doing that. Hey, let's go Mets, baby. Hey, all right, Dylan Dingler. All Actually, right. Actually, no. Sorry, I forgot you picked Dylan Dingler, and I don't want to hear you say wicked, that in a New York Mets accent. Dingler. All right, with the 19th pick, the New York Mets going with athleticism and up-the-middle traits in Dylan Dingler. 
<laughs> Probably the most. I am upset. Oh my god, I now want them to draft him so badly just so I can hear that in a New York accent. <laughs> Scratch, close, uninstall, start over. <laughs> All right, so Dingler, Dingler is probably the most athletic catcher in this year's draft. He's more athletic than Bailey, and so much so that he might not even end up behind the plate. Uh, we'll see where the Mets actually end up placing his talent. They could move him to third base. They could move him to a corner outfield spot. He'd be fairly comfortable. He's an above-average runner, more than enough arm to play anywhere up the middle of the diamond. Um, the bat currently projects as average, maybe above-average, uh, with a developing power tool, a lot of pull side power in a 6-3 frame. Um, so you could see anywhere from a, an average power bat to a plus power bat, and that profile will play just about anywhere on the diamond. So um, we'll see what his final position ends up being, but um, playing for upside and athleticism here in the back third of the first round, especially with a guy that can has proven he can play catcher, there's some value there for sure. All right, I'm up. Um, so this is this is where I made kind of a pet pick. Um, he's not ranked as highly. I had the Brewers, and I gave them right-handed pitcher Carmen Majinski. That is M-L-O-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, of course pronounced Majinski. Love to Poland. Um, Majinski is not super... Sorry, that's a garbage truck going by. I hope it's okay. There's not a lawnmower a reflection that has been going. I'm how... sure people have been hearing, and I apologize for that uh, on my I on my that, end. I hope that this is not like a you know Brewers fan reacting to this pick. <laughs> uh, as Flame as trash Majinski, cans. Here we go. <laughs> Majinski is a little lower down on uh, on a lot of lists than where I'm picking him here, but I really like him. Um, he's had some injury. He had a broken foot, so. He doesn't have quite the track record of some other guys, and he's didn't have a ton of like high school scouting, so he went to South Carolina. Um, but he's got a mid nineties fastball. He's got a hard slider that's a put away pitch. Uh, he's got a couple other pitchers, cutter, change up. Uh, he's got good command, and he was up to ninety six on the Cape this past summer. So I I like him. I think he's a really good kind of fast moving piece for the brewers to make the most out of their Yelich window and I'm gonna stop talking now and mute so you don't have to listen to this garbage. Yeah thing. I do I do love that you're shadowing it sound like you're recording it does sound like you're recording from within the garbage truck. Like I don't know why it's so It's a very powerful mic, okay? <laughs> yeah, I swear it's, it's not a gar it's a Brinks truck. This guy's worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's frame it that way. I will say I was like watching the truck progress down the street. Of course I have my windows open because it's a beautiful day here in Seattle. And I was like trying to time it against Joe talking. I was like, Can I get into this in there? <laughs> not quite. Oh. All right. All right. Well, at number 21, uh, we're switching back to lawnmower for background noise on, on my end. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to take uh, prep outfielder Robert Hassel, uh, who I'm sure Kate is not pleased about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pleased he's getting picked. I think this is too late for my favorite son. Yeah. I, I was honestly thrilled to get Hassel here. Uh, I, I think there's makes many of the picks ahead uh, make sense. Uh, again, speaks to sort of the depth of this draft. But uh, I 
think the Cardinals would be over the moon to get Hassel here. Um, definitely one of the better uh, sort of contact hitters in the draft. Um, absolutely dominant for the uh, USA baseball team uh, and just a, a really solid all-around player again. Um, he, you, you would not look at him and think, I think, you know, this is a guy with a ton of power, but um, he's still got just at minimum a, an excellent spray profile um, and should be uh, able to handle uh, center field okay. Uh, might even be able to stick there. Sort of a Denard Span kind of profile uh, in a sense. Um, but I I think Hassel is, is a fabulous pr- prospect, especially for a system that's pretty thin on uh, outfield depth uh, outside of the glut of mediocre outfielders they have at the big league level. Ah, beautiful, beautiful swing. Easily the most beautiful... Reminds me so much of Jared Kelnick's swing. Just it looks practice. It looks the exact same every single time. That's a, yeah, that's a fair point. He does, he does not change his swing. I've looked at his swing so many times. He is a little. He doesn't have the best arm. He's got a little bit short arm action when he's throwing from the outfield. He's definitely a corner outfielder. I think. Um, well, I mean, I guess he could play center with not the world's strongest arm. Um, I, he takes so many knocks on his power though, and I just think that he's got a frame where he's going to develop power he's going to get bigger and stronger at the I next think so level too. and yeah i i don't understand the like general poopoery of robert hassel yeah, I, he's it, not he's not small like he, he even if it's just he's like, taller than kelnick yeah, too like he's not like a cube of muscle like kelnick but like he he's he's no you know he's well built and like i i do think that like even if it's just like 10 to 15 home run power like he's got enough that like that plus hitting 300 you know hitting 290 to 310 like you you know that's a great player um you know for 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 this value uh in particular i just love him i'll be a fan of him wherever he goes i really really hope it's not somewhere else in the al west um Sticking in the NL with the 22nd pick, we've got uh, the Washington Nationals, the defending champion, World Series champion, Washington Nationals, as their Twitter account will remind you. Um, They are going to take right-handed pitcher uh, Cole Wilcox out of Georgia. Uh, He's a draft-eligible sophomore. Um, He's someone who has not actually had as lengthy of starting experience in in college but has looked very impressive uh, stuff wise uh, when he has been on the mound um, he he worked in and out as a as a reliever and uh, was in mid to upper 90s touched triple digits um, I think he is a fascinating prospect because he kind of has all of these. Tra- you know, he has many of the traits that would make a uh, frontline starter in, in the bigs, um, and yet, because of sort of a lack of of track record, uh, understandably, he he's not being looked at the same way that someone like uh, you know Emerson Hancock uh, or you know Asa Lacy might be. Um, 
he also has, particularly in this draft, uh, a bit of extra leverage as a draft-eligible sophomore where if he wants to go back to school, um, actually get to start uh, this next spring uh, for a full season, he could very easily, uh, with a good season, be in the top three, top five next year. Um, I think the Nationals, who are a club that you know could could go either way on this, doesn't have a great farm, uh, is well suited to take a guy who could very easily fit in their sort of stable of aces one day. Um, but if he doesn't sign past that pick along to next year, uh, which should be a, a rich draft as well. Um, so a, a win-win for, for all three, uh, or, or for, for both sides, I think. All right, I'm up. Uh, I have Cleveland, um, and I'm going to go a little off what I think is where this guy is projected to go um, and take catcher Austin Wells. He's listed as a first baseman in some places. I think he has a shot at sticking at catcher. Um, the reason I'm very high on Wells, maybe higher than sort of general draft evaluators, is I... I'm friendly with Brett Gleason, who used to be the PR person for the Tacoma Rainiers and now works for the University of Arizona doing their PR. Okay. And he has been, uh, yes, Brett, Brett is Gokugs, although I, I was like, why aren't you saying go Wildcats? Um, Cougs through and through on that one. <laughs> well, I I believe that he has decided to like hang up his loyalties when the when Arizona plays Wazoo. Um Wells is he's just absolutely taken by Wells and has really sold me on him. Um Pac twelve freshman of the year, his first year, um, tons of tools, some power, speed, um, can maybe stick behind the dish. Um, and then he's got sort of the off field stuff too. He's a leader, um, clubhouse leader. He's got a huge personality, super well-spoken, um, very just big smile, big social media presence, fun. And I think that in Cleveland where the relationship between the team and the fan base is a little strained, you know, they're going to let Francisco Lindor walk. Wells could be a great, like poster child to build the next wave of cleveland prospects around um he's just he's got that kind of like a superstar personality so i like him as a fit there all right so with the 24th pick tampa bay is going to go with right-handed pitcher bobby miller state of florida guy lots of different starting pitchers coming out of the state of florida polished guys with Chris McMahon and C.J. Van Eck, uh, Slade Ciccone, but Bobby Miller was one that was surging here this season. His stuff was uh, 95 to 96 after being more in the low 90s, uh, developing breaking ball, both a slider and a curveball. He's already proven that he's more than comfortable pitching in Florida, and um, I think his helium is enough to get him picked this high as the as the first Florida pitcher, first college Florida pitcher taken in the first round. Um, at 25, we're going to have the first kind of, we'll say, we'll say a reach if you will. And that's going to be the Atlanta Braves. 
they're going to go with right-handed pitcher Jared Jones, and he is certainly one of the more athletic um, arm speed prep pitchers. Not the tallest guy in the world. I think he's only six six one maybe, um, but he's going to be a guy that is he's he's committed to to the University of Texas, so it's going to be an expensive sign. But I think there is the upside of a of a frontline starter here. Um, he's 96 to 98. He's already got an incredibly good slider. And for, for all the prep arms that are in this draft, um, Jared probably has some of the cleaner mechanics, one of the smoother, easier, high 90s fastballs that you're going to see. High school pitchers are never the safest pick, but um, Atlanta has already shown the ability to develop um, arms from any demographic in any shape or size. So I think he's going to be a really fun project for the Braves, and um, we're going to be hearing his name four or five years from now at the at the top of their rotation. Kind of a similar similar to a Marcus Stroman almost. All right, uh, cover your ears, Joe, because I've got Oakland coming up next. And while we know that Oakland loves to be risky and go for prep, because similarly to some of the other smaller market clubs, they do not pay for their superstars once they age out of those team-friendly contracts, they are going to play it a little safer this year and go with Arkansas shortstop Casey Martin, who is Joe's favorite. Um... Martin, as a college player, is still somewhat of a risk, though, because, of course, Oakland can't resist a little bit of risk. This is like your friend that you take to the bar and you're like, I think you should take it easy tonight. And so they just drink (laughs) Red Bulls and vodka instead of adios motherfuckers. They're like, I'm being so good. Yeah. So Casey Martin is (laughs) Casey Martin is a similar risk. Yeah. Oakland is your out of control friend. You know who it is. Um, oh, he's totally a spiral. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he is he's a he's a little bit of a hot mess, um, but big big fun when it's all going well. Um, Martin has a ton of swing and miss strikeout issues, but he has also got some incredible power. I would put him behind just it's maybe like Torque, Kirstead, Martin in that order in the college class. So he's worth a big swing here. Oakland, we know, has a, a top-to-bottom hitting philosophy that they've instilled over the past couple of years that they run all their prospects through that will hopefully clean up some of these issues that he's having and maybe teach him to get to that power a little bit better instead of striking out quite so much. So I think he's a good fit there, and uh, and we might really, really be miserable about that pick in a couple of years. Sorry, Joe. I don't know if there's anything to that, but this is the third mock that I've seen Martin go to the A's at 20, 24, is it? Yeah, 26. I, I, it's just, it's a really popular pick right there. And man, if, if he ends up figuring it out at the plate, like I said before, I've had him mocked to the Mariners at six back in October. And I sure hope, I sure hope the talent comes through because it's an exciting profile. Uh, so moving to the twins at 27, uh, I I think it could be considered uh, 
a bit of a reach here as well. Depends on really what, what you think, but uh, I went with outfielder Daniel Cabrera um, out of Louisiana State University. Um, so the Twins are one of the more sort of aggressive, proactive uh, teams in regards to uh, trying new things with their with their player development, uh, pushing guys to. Um, sort of make alterations and 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 really um be be on the cutting edge and and it, i wouldn't say cabrera is exactly like a, a trailblazer necessarily um but i i love his swing i think it's a really modern swing um and i think he he also has a, a pretty impressive knack for um still sort of getting to the ball no matter where it's pitched um he's not Big. He he is not a sort of um, classic like power uh, corner outfielder necessarily in in sort of a hulking uh, you know Nelson Cruz would think that they maybe drafted a new sort of elbow rest for him, um, but uh, <laughs> Cabrera I think is 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 someone who really just can can be a solid player. Um, and I, I think has, has a very good shot at being a, uh, contributing big leaguer, uh, sort of, uh, he is a fairly safe pick, uh, at, at this stage. Uh, but, but I, I like him there. And I, and I think even with a, with an organization that really knows what they're doing in terms of player dev, they could perhaps even, uh, unlock more, um, Moving to 28, we have another organization that has put a lot into player dev, um, certainly financially as well as being uh, ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Uh, And the Yankees are going to go back to uh, the well they went to in uh, 2017, uh, drafting Tanner Burns for the second time after drafting him out of high school uh, as a mm, courtesy pick, I would say. But uh, Burns has a really nice fastball curveball pairing. Uh, he's an undersized guy. Excuse me. He's an undersized guy, but uh, much like a couple of the Yankees' better pitching prospects, uh, the size is not so much the concern as is the profile and the, and the pitch profiles um, he's got a fabulous sort of backspin four seam uh, and a near 12-6 breaking ball that uh, have had a lot of success he's got great command um, and uh, I didn't mind the change up myself but uh, he I think is a guy whose stuff will continue to play up especially if the Yankees are able to get him to add a tick or two uh, and, and I think he he should be a, a signable guy as well. All right. And now is the time where I punch myself in the face. For the final pick of the first round. The final pick of the first round is me punching my face. My face. My face in the my cell. Face, my face punching my own face into an inception of face punching. As I've given the Dodgers one of my favorite prospects in the draft, which is third baseman Jordan Walker. Uh, out of Decatur, I think yeah, that's how you say it. Decatur, Decatur, Decatur Georgia. 
Uh, Walker is really exciting. He's not quite as polished as Ed Howard. Um, defensively, Howard is a real shortstop, whereas Walker is a is pretty much solidly a third baseman. He's a big kid, um, but there's a ton of raw power. Um, and he's just, uh, he's got a great personality, really, like, I think would fit well in LA, be the face of the franchise, etc. Um, the thing is, he's a tough sign, a little bit of a tough sign. He's got a very strong commitment to Duke. Both his parents are highly educated, uh, Ivy League educated. So college is super important to him. Um, I think an organization, again, like the Dodgers with their franchise lore could potentially, first of all, throw enough money at him if they kind of soft played it in later rounds. And also have, like, kind of the franchise legacy to land him. So, I hate this pick. For me, personally. <laughs> but uh, I, I like this pick. And also, I, I grudgingly admire the Dodgers organization. So, it just feels like something... It, it feels like something right. And it feels like they're going to take him and make a really, really good player out of him. And... It's just going to be like watching the Dodgers assembly line of of prospects who become successful major leaguers churn out another one. Fun times. Pretty much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So, into comp round A with the 30th pick in the draft, thanks to Houston for going their selection. The Baltimore Orioles are going to go with right-handed pitcher JT Ginn, who missed... I believe all of the 2020 season with Tommy John surgery, he might've gotten in one appearance. Um, but before the injury, I mean, this, you're talking about a top 12 talent in the draft. You're talking about a guy that has a similar profile to that of Max Meyer. It is a 70 grade fastball. It is a 70 grade slider. Um, there's definitely some reliever risk here, but it's high leverage, uh, you know, late inning, type of uh, reliever risk because of the two ultra plus pitches. Um, He's been a first round talent since, you know, 2017. I think he was a first round pick by the Dodgers in 2017 um, at at the end of the first round and and they weren't able to sign him. So uh, when he's healthy, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in this draft. And if Baltimore can get him right, um, there's an immense steal here at number 30. That being said, he is just, you know, he might decide to go back to school because his draft stock has been hurt so much. But if they can sign him, um, great value. 
And with the 31st pick, I have Pittsburgh again after bringing in Max Meyer. They go with another arm, uh, Slade Ciccone out of Miami. Uh, Ciccone had a bit of an up and down year. His velocity actually ticked down a bit. Uh, before that, he was almost a lock to go in the first round. That being said, I still think he sneaks in to almost the top 30. Um, he's always been a guy that has the full arsenal. He's got the fastball, he's got the slider, he's got the curveball, he's got the changeup, and he's used to being 94 to 96, uh, long track record of success from high school all the way through a couple years now in the ACC. Um, I don't think he's going to have any issues reaching his um, you know mid to back end rotation ceiling. And there's still plenty of projection in his frame. No injuries, so that's not why he lost uh, any velocity this year. But um, I think he's a pretty safe bet. Man, I, I like that a lot. That Meyer, Ciccone, that is a pretty, I mean, it's, again, it's a good draft. And we're, now we're getting to double up some of these names. But that's a, that is a good-looking one-two punch there. Um, All right, Kate. I have the Royals and... After going on a going for a prep earlier, right? We had them take a prep. Uh, we have them take the Royals, yes. indeed. They took they Veen. Took they Veen. took Veen. They snatched Veen away from the Blue Jays. Um, so I have them hewing a little more conservatively here and taking right-handed pitcher Kate Cavalli out of Oklahoma, who is the best arm left on the board by a wide margin and a signifier of how deep the college talent is this year. Cade Cavalli would have been a top 10 pick, possibly top five pick last year. Um, and here he is clocking in at 32 where he did slip a little in our draft. Yeah. I think a lot of places see him going earlier than that, but mm -hmm. that's just how, I mean, he's a, big righty who gets up to the mid 90s and that is just kind of average for this year's draft whereas that would have been a standout last year so it's a really good snapshot in giving you a, a picture between this year and last year yeah I, I think that's that's a great way of of framing it um for for another club who went prep in the first round, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks at thirty three uh, are going to go a bit more conservative as well. They're actually going to go, I would say, significantly more conservative. The Diamondbacks will take right into pitcher Kyle Nicholas out of Ball State. Um, Nicholas is a he's probably going to be a reliever at the big league level. He's got um, mid upper nineties heat. A uh, lot of strikeouts, a decent number of walks, but um, really, really great fastball-slider combo. Um, I think it's likely, again, he becomes a reliever just because the changeup has not been super impressive. Um, but he should be a more signable guy, and especially after going big on Ed Howard in the first round and having uh, lost uh, one of their picks thanks to signing Madison Bumgarner. Uh, they will uh, still get someone who has a great shot at being a big leaguer here, just not necessarily um, the same likelihood of upside. Uh, for the Padres, uh, there is a similar thought process. Again, it's a college arm. Uh, they're going with right-handed pitcher C.J. Van Eyck. Uh, 
Um, but thanks to their uh, dramatically larger bonus pool, uh, the Padres can still afford to go for someone with uh, pretty significant uh, upside. Um, Van Eyck uh, had excellent, excellent numbers at Florida State. Um, not quite as dominant of a fastball, but um, good movement, uh, good mix of pitches, uh, and has just a lot of uh, starter traits that probably will carry him through. Um, I think he, I don't know that he necessarily is a huge deal at, at this pick, um, but certainly after signing uh, a prep who who will likely uh, take a fair amount of their bonus pool, um, they can go for a college arm who should be much more willing to sign. The Rockies here. The Rockies. Um, the Rockies. And I'm giving them right-handed pitcher Chris McMahon out of Miami, who I really like, and I'm sorry, Chris McMahon, that I'm sending you to Coors. Uh, my apologies to McMahon and the McMahon family. Um, he is a good fit, though. He is a good fit for Coors because he has a nice changeup that can induce a lot of ground ball outs. He's got a fastball that's in the mid-90s and can touch 98. Um, so some potential frontline starter stuff in that. Uh, he needs to work on developing his breaking ball and kind of giving it less slurve action. So that'll be a little bit of a test for the Rockies pitching development, which I feel like I have sort of mixed ideas about. Um, and yeah, I think he's a, he's a, another example of like somebody who I think the Mariners would have been very happy to get at like 14, 15 last year, but is at 35 in this year's pool. So. All right, let's have some fun. So here at 36, Cleveland is going to go back to its roots after selecting safe, uh, exciting leader Austin Wells with their first pick in the draft. The Indians go and select outfielder Isaiah Green, a prep outfielder with definitely one of the most polished hit tools in the draft, similar to Riley Green, no relation from last season. Uh, very smooth left-handed stroke. He's currently committed to Missouri. Um, so he's not going to be inexpensive. He's got a lot of uh, people thinking that he could be a top 10, top 15 pick uh, a couple years from now. So he's not going to be cheap. And Cleveland, you know, we don't know exactly how they will be spending their money in this financial uncertainty uh, of 2020. But he represents huge upside for, for the Indians. And, you know, Green paired with Brian Rocchio, um, they're, they're a really exciting outfield tandem for the for the tribe to dream on and the the physique he's just he's loaded with tools he's loaded with projectability and as as far as prep outfielders go I would put him up against Robert Hassel and Austin Hendrick and he's a different player than Zach Veen and Hendrick to be honest but I'd put him next to to Pete Crow Armstrong and uh, Robert Hassel as far as future value goes I, I think he's a good pick with- uh, yeah, I remember Cruz being really highly regarded until uh, he kind of fell off a little this past year, right? Didn't have a very good showcase circuit, didn't have a very good... Um... Is he on Team USA? Wait, we're not to Cruz yet. 
Oh, sorry. Just gave away Wait, spoilers. That was, that was green. Yeah, that was that was Isaiah Green. Unbelievable oh. spoilers. This is an outrage. Who has who is ah? Oh. Stitch unprecedented. That. Stitch. unprecedented. Sorry. Stitch what? There's Indeed. collusion among us. Indeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. All right. Any, anywho, at who the race taker? Uh, Cats out of the bag. Toothpaste is out of the out of the jar. Uh, Dylan Cruz. Don't keep your toothpaste in a jar. I go to Costco. <laughs> I go to Costco. It comes in a jar. <laughs> and with a spoon, with a straw. You, you Just suck tell me it you out. don't store it next to your mayo. That's right. Yeah, like a mason I brush, jar. I brush my teeth with a broom. Apparently. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> 37, Tampa Bay, local prep outfielder Dylan Cruz. Uh, Cruz was a first-round talent for much of the year, had a bit of a slow start on the high school circuit this year um, before everything got shut down, but he has a sky-high bat-carrying tool. Um, He's been on scouting radars for the better part of three or four years since he was 14 years old, so he is no stranger to, uh, you know, the baseball limelight. Really strong compact loud right-handed swing and prep right-handed uh hitters are generally they're not what scouts seek in the draft but being uh crews can still be had at number 37 in, in comp round a um he's going to be a really good value here he gets plus exit velocities um unlike isaiah green cruz is probably going to have to move to a corner just because he doesn't have the best speed. It's a good arm. It's a fringe average run tool. Probably going to end up in right field, but uh, Tampa Bay, for as good as that system is, and it is loaded, they really do not have uh, much top-end outfield talent. So he will immediately become the biggest upside outfielder in the race system, probably uh, next to Brandon Lowe, although, or is it Nate Lowe? One of the, one of the Lowe's um, as far as the best outfield prospect in the system. I think it's Brandon Lowe. I think Brandon's the outfielder, right? Yeah, I think so. I think Nate's the second base utility infielder. One of them is Josh, isn't it? What? No, he was a... Wait. All right, well, you figure that out. Dad? (laughs) (laughs) Josh Lowe is an outfielder in the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm going to go ahead and keep the train moving and send uh, Detroit, yet another position player to be, help balance out their arms-heavy system uh, with shortstop Nick Lofton from Baylor, who is, I would describe him as, like, competent, consistent. Uh, he's not particularly flashy, but he offers a lot of versatility across the infield. He's very solid. Uh, he's solid in the box, disciplined, contact-oriented, can hit to all fields, not a ton of power, but... You know, in your in a shortstop, that's not exactly what you're looking for. Uh, just someone who can hit a little. Um, he's also a nice kind of complement to a pair of like high upside, but like maybe slightly more volatile infield prospects in Isaac Paredes and Willie Castro in Detroit. So I just like that balance. Uh, at thirty nine. The Orioles are going uh, to a high school outfielder. Uh, The Orioles have more uh, draft pool space than any other club, uh, just shy of $14 million uh, that they can use. So they can really throw throw it around, go after who they'd like. 
uh, and I have him taking Chase Davis here. Um, he's a slightly smaller lefty hitting uh, outfielder, but absolutely uh, gorgeous swing. Um, really just fabulous bat speed. Um, he has a very strong arm as well. Uh, I like the idea of him uh, sort of putting putting a target on the warehouse over at Camden Yards. Uh, I think he, he's got a great chance of being a right fielder. Uh, probably decent speed, but probably best fit in right field. Uh, but already has a pretty good swing path considering uh, his his power uh, and so just needs to clean it up a little bit more but uh, I, I like him a lot there uh, for the Marlins at 40 I have them taking uh, righty prep Victor Medeiros uh, who is uh, actually from Miami himself um, he's got mid 90s heat he's got the frame of a, of a classic starting pitcher um, he has a really fabulous curveball um, the metrics on it are reportedly pretty pretty solid as well. Good spin. Um, it's it's obviously he's not a fully uh, realized product, but he's got all the tools and the size that you would like to see in a prep righty. Uh, and again, Miami wants to go for those guys that they can develop into stars in their own system. Uh, Medeiros is a local kid who could be just that. All right, my turn. Um, I have the Royals again, and we're going back to the prep ranks and taking catcher Tyler Soderstrom, who I cannot remember where he comes from. Georgia? I feel safe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Soderstrom I watched a little with uh, Team USA this summer, and I was really impressed with him. He's a bat-first catcher. Um Big power, but also makes contact, smart on the bases, not as slow as your kind of regular catcher. Um, if he cannot stick at catcher, which you know, it's very uh, tough for somebody drafted as a high school catcher to make it as a catcher all the way up to the majors. Um, he still has enough athleticism to play in the outfield. Um, he, some people see him as third base. So... The one question mark I have here is that he is a strong commitment to UCLA. Oh, he's a California kid. Yes. Turlock. Is he Turlock? He is Turlock. Turlock. Yes. Because um, I heard Turlock on the news or something the other day. And I was like, why do I know Turlock? Bless draft coverage for introducing me to all <laughs> it's these like geography in America. Class, but <laughs> it is. Turlock. For, for um, only the southern half of the U.S. Yes, no, only the warmer areas and, and weirdly parts of Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah, so the question is, can he, will he forego a pretty strong commitment to UCLA where he will definitely, although playing time will be a question for a lot of guys um, who defer the draft and decide to go to college as a catcher and with his kind of track history and lineage and um just the overall shine on him he probably doesn't have to worry about playing time so he can't go too much further than this and still have a hope of signing him so i like him here joe right. who you got at 42 number 42 the toronto blue jays going with ontario native prepster david calabrese uh calabrese probably 
becomes the Jays' top outfield prospect. Um, he's going to be a bit of a project, but his only competition in the system right now is Griffin Conine, who's a good prospect in and of himself, but Calabrese's got a pretty high ceiling. Uh, the hit tool is... And who is Calabrese's daddy? Because we know that the Blue Jays love one thing in a prospect, and it's a it's a famous daddy. Um... <laughs> Does he have any kind of bloodlines? No. His dad is a doctor. Mm. It's very possible. So. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, know. I That's... don't think so. Yeah, he's gonna bust. Anyway. <laughs> no, so uh, it's a it's a really intriguing hit tool. He's only five ten. He's got a lot of growing to do, uh, but there is some uh, some frame there to put on some weight. It's an above average hit tool right now. It's it's probably going to uh develop into more than that it could be a plus hit tool by the time he reaches the big leagues he does have a fairly strong commitment to arkansas which is one of the premier programs in the country so he might be a tough sign um but beings they are keeping him local keeping him in toronto which i don't know if that's anywhere close to ontario so i apologize profusely to the canadians listening to this um it's not it's it's as far as close as you can get to a local signing. Listen, later on I say Detroit reaches across Lake Ontario to get a player out of Ontario, forgetting that Detroit is actually on Lake Erie. So I mean, Toronto... <laughs> you are not the biggest geography... Blo- Again, we're learning geography. Toronto is in Ontario, so... like in- Okay, so we're that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. Okay, we can cut all the rest of that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably going to stick in center field and... Uh, yeah, he, he just he has the makings of a solid everyday, um, not flashy, but a good everyday player in center field for Toronto. So that brings us to pick 43 and the Mariners' second pick of the draft. They've already taken uh, middle infield second baseman Nick Gonzalez, and they've got a big bonus pool, but with 43, they're going to double down on the collegiate middle infield type with Mississippi State shortstop third baseman, Jordan Westberg, um, of all of the collegiate shortstops in this draft, not counting Austin Martin, because we don't know if he's going to end up at the position, uh, Westberg probably has the best bat if he sticks it at the position. Um, it's already it's an average hit tool that has more than enough uh, projectability and ceiling to get to a plus hit tool. It's a flat swing right now, and I know Seattle's been burned by that before, but... Um, a little bit of loft added into the swing, and suddenly you're looking at a 60-hit tool, a 55-above-average power tool. So he's certainly a, a hit-first shortstop. He's got plenty of arm. Uh, the hands aren't perfect. Uh, he, he could very well move over to third base, and that is another position that Seattle is lacking in depth uh, in the minor leagues. He's uh, an advanced collegiate, so he doesn't get in front of Noel V. Marte, if Noel V. slides over there. Uh, instead, he probably lines up right behind Joe Rizzo on the um, development scale. Uh, good lateral ability. He's a little bit stiff on the balls to the left, uh, but he and Nick Gonzalez in the middle of the infield, or, you know, him at third base, uh, taking over for Kyle Seeger in a couple years. Either way, I think it's a win win for Seattle. Um, at the end of the day, you're selecting a guy that's probably going to be an above average hitter and he's just a slight swing change away from being you know a 275 uh 25 20 to 25 home run guy so i like that profile 
And that sound you hear is John silently screaming because the Mariners have now taken two infield prep kind of lower ceiling guys. Yeah. Which is which is John Kryptonite. It's not my jam. I want a guy who can either There's play still time. There's still time. <laughs> I want a guy who either will be a shortstop or can absolutely clobber the shit out of the ball. Well, I don't hey. want him to Maybe on one end, be able to do one of those things. On one end, you have J.P. Crawford, if that's your flavor. Uh-huh. And on the other end, you have Jordan Westberg, if that's your flavor. I mean, you don't really get both uh, in, in one package in this draft, unfortunately. But like we said, there's still there's still a few, a few more picks to be had. There are a few more picks to be had. So... Uh, at 43 here, we're going to uh, we're going to leap ahead a bit. So uh, since we've got a bit of time constraint, and also you know it's been almost an hour and a half on this here pod, uh, so we actually went all through all the way up to the 78th pick, which is the fourth pick by the Mariners on this draft. Uh, we will put the uh, full draft list and some reasoning behind that. Uh, behind each pick uh, on the uh, Lookout Landing article page for this podcast episode, uh, which you'll find very easily on on LookoutLanding.com. But we're going to sort of skip ahead uh, to pick number 64 and pick number 78 uh, so that we can get uh, the the last sort of bits of Mariners-specific flavor in here uh, before we head out. Pick number 64, the Mariners select uh, shortstop slash right-handed pitcher uh, Mason Wynn. Oh, they do not, and you know uh, it. Well, uh, unless, unless, unless they do select him. Unless uh, he's gone. It's a foregone conclusion uh, Unless they misspell his name one of the several ways they do it, they might, and accidentally select a different player than named Mason Randy Wynn. Randy Wynn? Or, I mean, just, there's, got, there's probably another Mason Wynn out here. Like, that is a, that's not, that's a very baseball name. Um, this one's M-A-S-Y-N, W-I-N-N. No. Uh, and he is a... Firecracker of a guy uh, out of Kingwood, Texas High School. Um, he has been up to 97, 98 on the mound. Uh, he's about 5'11". Incredibly strong lower half. Um, he has ton of arm strength. Uh, he has one of the tightest sliders that you'll see from uh, a prep or, or even... I, I would say possibly anyone in this draft, but certainly from prep. Um, I, I see him, I think, as someone they, the Mariners would want to start on the mound. Um, he has a pretty easy swing, or not easy swing, rather, uh, easy motion that gets the fastball out there easily. If the Mariners are able to refine him a little bit in their, in their work, um, he should be able to... Uh, I think fill up the strike zone with more velocity than than many of the guys that they have put into their system, uh, and and one of the better breaking balls. Um, I would be interested to see them try him, uh, develop him as a as a two way player, um, but I think he 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 certainly fits at shortstop in terms of uh, his athleticism and his arm strength. He's got excellent speed, uh, one of the fastest players. 
uh, well, among among the faster players, certainly uh, in in uh, this in this group, and uh, excellent exit velocity. Um, he actually, I think, has has approached triple digits on exit velocity and pitching velocity. Um, so that that is sort of the the type of profile that you, uh, I think, don't pass up at this point. Uh, there are a number of guys with excellent potential out of the prep ranks that they could target, but with two middle infield types uh, already taken, I think you go with Win, who who you start on the mound and and you go from there. Kate, would you like to close us out with yes. pick number 78? I got one pick for the Mariners in the way this shook out. I'm lodging a complaint with HR. I got one <laughs> pick, and it was the last pick. And John made this ridiculous pick that the Mariners will never do. Okay. They said they an will up never. The They said an up-the-middle kind of guy. Who? Come on. Come on. That's way too fun. Just every sentence you said was another shovel full of dirt uh, on the uh, hopes that I had. No, that is so... I mean, I would be thrilled if they did, but come on. Um, Mason Wynn has got to be feeling some sort of disrespect and comfort right now? It's not disrespect. It's just I think he's way too fun for what this front oh, office okay. has showed a... A, a tendency to predilection to That's do, right. yeah. But look at all the bags uh, no, of money he's, they he's, have lying around this time. That's true. Money great. is fun. Famously fun. Um, I made this pick not thinking... I don't think that Seattle will go this prep heavy. Maybe if they have put... Uh, if they've taken Westberg and Gonzalez, if they were able to maybe keep Hugh close to slot on those guys. Um, and then God knows what it would take to... to sign Mason Wynn. What I probably should have done here is pick a boring collegian who they have a chance of signing. What I did do instead was pick my favorite guy who was left on the board, third base AJ Vukovic. <laughs> Vukovic! Um, who, again, I watched a lot of Team USA this year. I watched all the tournament um, that they played over in uh, where were they? Taiwan? Um, Korea? I don't know. I think it was South Korea. Anyway, yeah. South Korea. I watched them um, a lot, and I I grew my little pet favorites off of that team. I love Alejandro Rosario, the pitcher. Uh, I love Hassel. He just performed super well. Uh, and Vukovic, Vukovic was also <laughs> a big standout. I don't know that he sticks at third in the pros. He's a big body kid. Um, but he can really hit. He can slug the ball around the field. And as a bonus, he is from Wisconsin and good friends with Jared Kilnick. So um, just kind of makes a nice little East Troy, Wisconsin, which again, who no, I thought he performed well at the um, in the World Cup. He apparently didn't. He batted just 167. So... That is a case of what I saw on the field not lining up with his actual performance in the box. He also wasn't great at the area code games this past August, so his stock has taken a little bit of a nosedive. Um, I don't know how strong his commitment is. Let's see, who's he committed to? Louisville. Louisville. 
So I don't know how strong that commitment is. Um, if he really wants to go to college or if he would prefer to get his pro career started right away, he might be available at a little bit of a discount if he, um, if you combine sort of a, a poor recent track record with a desire to get started right away. Um, but he's 6'5". I mean, he's just enormous. I would love... We've been talking about one of the things we really want to see the Mariners do is take a project, take something, and make it into something else. And I think Vukovic... Vukovic. Aside from being incredibly fun to say, is uh, he just is that. He's so much raw potential. He's really big. Um, for all the love of the right-handed power hitters that Jack Z had with the Gareth Morgans and the Austin Wilsons. Um, here is one I would love to see what they could what they could do with one of those guys redux. I uh, I like that framing of it quite a bit. Uh, of course you do. It's a prep pick. I do. You're gonna love any prep pick. Not any. Not any. Prep prep pick with huge power. Yes, is... there we go. That's that's <laughs> yeah. more correct. Um yes. Well, thank you both for, for doing this. This was a, a hoot. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, please do, again, check on the site. Uh, this will be up Wednesday morning. Um, so do do look uh, because we'll have some more depth, uh, some of the things we covered, as well as uh, some more in-depth uh, analysis on, on why a certain guy went where. Um, full table with the drafts uh, and and how it broke down. Uh, uh, we we regardless will have a variety of, of more coverage as the draft approaches, and uh, we we hope to be back with you again next week. So, until then, thank you for listening. Be well.